We're wrapped up to chapter four. Food. You can't sit on a lily pad all day long in the hot sun without eating. I snapped a dragonfly out of the air and let it fall on the lily pad in front of Pin. You've gone three whole days without any food. It's not right. It's not frog-like. Pin kicked the dragonfly into the water. You're one stubborn frog. You know that? A small painted turtle swam by and snapped up the dragonfly. What a waste, I said. Listen, Pin, you told the snapping turtle you were mad. You told the wood frog you were mad. You even told the stupid Sicilian that that's hardly better than a worm that you were mad. But I simply don't understand. What are you so mad about? I can't explain, said Pin. Explain? It's not explain, it's explain. I can't explain, said Pin. Try. Pin looked at me, then he looked out across the pond. Then he looked up toward the sky. Then he looked at me again. I miss my wood. I didn't understand. Try again. He shook his head in frustration. I'm new to the pond. I don't have, he said, I don't have my home. My eyes were big and sad. I'm not me. I'm no one. I can't even talk. I thought about that. Pin was certainly someone. He was a big green frog. But it was true. He had a lot of trouble talking. You know, I've got it figured out. You can't say, can you? Pin didn't answer. And you can't say shh either, or err, or z, or s, or th. That's why you can't say, that's why you say obta for lobster, and poyen for poison, and dat for that. Pin looked at me in silence. What's your problem, I asked. Why can't you talk right? My tongue, said Pin. Your tongue? Stick out your tongue. Pin opened his mouth and his tongue lolled out. You have a perfectly normal tongue. Pin pulled his tongue back in his mouth. My tongue attached at bad point. It fall out. Your tongue is attached at the front of your mouth, just like all frogs' tongues. Pin stamped his forelegs. My tongue knew it too long, too long and too fat. I looked at him. All frogs' tongues are long and fat. Pin blinked. I hate my new tongue. I can't move it. I... His new tongue. Why did he keep saying such strange things? And what a complainer Pin was turning out to be, as though moving his tongue was some sort of difficult task. I saw a ripple in the water off to our left. I sat, sat very still. No more ripples. It was probably just bird droppings, thank heavens. I looked at Pin and shook my head inside. You can't talk and you're mad and you act loopy. Oopy? said Pin. Loopy. Like you didn't know the first thing about toads. And then you didn't recognize that the snapping turtle was under you. And I had to give you that whole big long lesson about danger. About raccoons and turtles and water birds and bullfrogs and especially snakes. 
I shivered at the very thought of water snakes. There's something wrong, Pin. Pin looked at me. I told you I'm not me. I can't explain any better. He hung his head. That's enough. No more glum faces around here. I dove into the water and came up with a glass worm. I popped it on the lily pad. Eat, Pin. Happy or sad, eat. That's an order. He kicked the glass worm into the water. All right, that's it. You don't like insects. You don't like worms. What on earth do you eat besides lobster, that is? Meat. Meat? Like baby mice? Don't tell me you eat small mammals like a bullfrog does. No, big animal. Beef. Beef? I'd never heard of it. What is beef? Meat of cow, said Pin. Cow? You mean those big land animals that eat grass on the other side of the pond? Pin nodded. Cow, my cow, day my cow. His voice was mournful. Day my cow and I eat cow. They're your cows and you eat cows? I said slowly. Pin blinked. No, it couldn't be. No, no. I looked hard at his jawline. Open your mouth. He opened his mouth. His tongue fell out. He quickly snapped it back in. Thank heavens he was doing better with his tongue at least. I inspected carefully. Okay, shut it. He shut his mouth. You're a liar, I said. Huh? You have the same mouth I do. Your jaw is wide, but it isn't hinged like a snake's. You can't swallow anything that's bigger than the rim of your mouth. You can't eat a cow. I eat cow, said Ben. I bite. Oh, I see. You have some little teeth there, but don't think that shocks me. I've known frogs with teeth before. The wood frog has a row of sharp teeth, too, but hers are tiny, and so are yours. They're too tiny to do anything but hold your play in place while you prepare to swallow it. They can't rip anything. They can't chew. Pin blinked. I felt sorry for him. Listen, even if you tried to eat a cow, it would only stop, step on you and squash you. I eat dead cow. Dead cow? A frog never eats anything that doesn't move. I saw something dart through the water. I dove and came up with the minnow. I threw it on the lily pad and it flopped around. Pin looked at it. Fish is like meat, I said. Dead, he said. It'll be dead in a minute, I said. Just wait. When the fish stopped moving, Pin flicked his tongue out and touched it lightly. Ugh! Don't be picky. He blinked, and with a flick of the tongue, the minnow disappeared into his mouth. See? I said. An instant later, he spit out the minnow. You're ridiculous. This is your last chance. I leaned over the lily pad. Look, there goes another. Go for it. Pin dove into the water. He came up with a small crayfish hanging onto his bottom jaw. Help me, he shouted. Help me. I pulled the crayfish off and put it on Pin's lily pad. Come eat it, he shook his head. Come on, I said. It's just like a baby lobster. Pin shook his head again. Too hard, he said. Too hard to eat. 
he pushed his tongue against the crayfish's hard outer shell. The crayfish grabbed onto Pin's tongue with one claw. Ah! Screamed Pin. I knocked the crayfish off. Your stomach acids will dissolve his hard shell. You can even eat small turtles if you want. Now there's good meat, they say. Turtle meat. The bullfrogs eat them all the time, and I would rejoice to see you eat a turtle after all the green frogs I've seen get eaten by turtles. I watched the juicy crayfish with growing hunger. Come on, eat the crayfish. Pin swam in a circle, eyeing the crayfish on the lily pad. The crayfish held up its claws and threatened, Pin, be brave. You're not a tiny spring peeper. You're a giant for a green frog. And this is a small crayfish. Eat him. Pin circled the lily pad again. Then he jumped up on my lily pad beside me. Cook, he said. Cook. You want to cook the great crayfish? Pin blinked. The crayfish flipped itself into the water and disappeared. Pin, frogs don't cook their food. Pin lifted his chin toward the sun. You look like a statue of the perfect frog, I said, but you're half starved, and if you insisted on cooked crayfish, you're going to be fully starved very soon. Dead, said Pin. That's what they call it, I said, dead. You talk about being no one? Well, dead is being no one. I felt the breeze cool my wet skin and make it quiver. Oh me, oh me, oh me, oh me. If you starve, Pin, there are so many froggy happy days that you'll never know. Happy day, said Pin. Yes, of course. Frogs are always happy. I told you that. We're not melancholy like toads. Happy fog, said Pin without conviction. Dead may be better. How can you think that? Staying alive is what it's all about. I don't understand you one bit. I looked at his fine green body and thought of how I was getting used to his funny way of talking. I sighed. If you starve, I'll be all alone again. Pin looked at me. You want me with you? I thought about how odd he was, about all his unfrog-like ways. I had stayed with him against my bitter judgment. I couldn't help myself. Pin was crazy, an utterly mad frog, but he was new and interesting and even fun. Yes, I said, half surprised at my own words, I want you with me. Pin took a deep breath. Suddenly there was a gleam in his eye that hadn't been there before. He snapped himself to attention. In an instant, he flicked out his tongue and swallowed a gnat. I leaned toward him. How was it? Not bad. We sat in silence, motionless. A moment later, he flicked out his tongue and swallowed a mosquito. You fine big frog, I said. Pin leaped onto his own lily pad. He landed in a crouch, just like any other frog. Chapter 5. Singing Pin sat on a rock in the early evening. I leaped over and landed so that my hind leg was lightly brushing the rock. 
It was still warm from the day's suns. Pin looked at me with interest. I was delighted to see that his eyes were finally coordinated. No more of the one eye than the other eye than the first eye business. His skin glistened, even though he hadn't been in the water for at least an hour. He had learned how to use his mucus glands. He had learned how to take advantage of his flexible joints in leaping, too. And he could sense movement in the water or on the mud with his feet and skin just as well as I could. I had taught him all of that, slowly, day by day. I'd been astonished at what he didn't know. Things that came naturally to other frogs... Pin had to learn in little steps. At first it was as though he didn't even know his own body worked. But he was a fast learner. I didn't know how he had managed to stay alive before he met me. He never answered when I asked that. But however he had managed, I was glad he had. He didn't complain anymore. And his, hung, and his tongue hardly ever fell out of his mouth these days. You are the finest frog, I said. A spotted newt slithered, slithered through the algae at the edge of the pond. It was olive green with red and black spots on its back. Pity newt, said Ben. <coughs> Pretty. I'd never thought of newts that way. From way off in the reeds, a bullfrog came flying at the newt. But the newt disappeared into the muddy bank in the nick of time. <coughs> the bullfrog got a mouthful of mud. He splashed back into the pond. I gulped. Dirty bullfrog. If we were froglets, we'd be in mortal danger now. I think we'd better move anyway in case he gets the idea of attacking us. Nuh-uh-uh, said Pin. No bullfrog attack Pin. Now Pin. Don't get me started on that again. I've told you a dozen times. The pond is full of danger, and we have no defenses. Anybody big enough and fast enough can eat us. Don't talk, said Pin. He looked out over the water. I hushed up and looked, too. The bullfrog's eyes peeked up out of the water and stared straight at us. I tightened up for a leap. Then the bullfrog suddenly swam away in the other direction. Well, it looks like you're right this time, I said. Tiny bullfrog, said Pin. Well, I guess he wasn't that big, I said. But did you see how far he leaped at that newt? That was far even for a bullfrog. Green frogs leap only about seven or eight times their body length at most. I bet even you can't leap much more than that. But the bullfrog did. Penn looked at his hind legs. Then he looked back at me. We'd better stay alert, I said. It was the first of June, and Penn and I had been together for more than a month. The flatworms in the pond had given way to the aquatic insects. The mites swam about rapidly like tiny bright red spiders. The water fleas swarmed all over each other in delicious profusion. The stupid little cyclops bumped around the shallows blindly with their antennae flopping. Pin's tongue shot out and a cyclops disappeared. Oh, what a fine frog he was. What that? said Pin. I looked. What I saw made me turn pale. 
Water scorpions. I said, ah, said Pin. They bad? I looked at the small insects. There were dozens of them, and more were to follow. I knew that only too well. They come to eat the water fleas, but they stick around to eat the tadpoles. They are even more dangerous to tadpoles than the dragonfly larvae that lurk on the bottom of the pond. No tadpole yet, said Pin. No, but it's time very soon, I said. I leaped up onto the rock beside him. Soon the waters will be filled with eggs. I let my foreleg touch his. Soon. Pin looked at me with uncertainty in his eyes. I looked across the pond. The evening chorus of frogs had begun. Do you like singing? I asked. Yup, said Pin. These days he had taken to saying yup instead of blinking. We sat motionless for a few minutes. The frogs sing every night, I said. Why, said Pin. Why do they sing? Well, because it's that time of year. What time of year? When frogs mate, I said. The spotted newt peeked his head out of the mud bank. See that newt, I said. He's got a hard job. He's going to have to parade around a female and curl up his tail facing her and release his stinky little scent and use his waving tail to make the fumes go her way. Then, if he's lucky, she'll let him mate, and I love to watch the ritual. It's unfrog-like, but very interesting. I pressed my foreleg gently against pins. That's what the newt has to do. But all a frog has to do is sing. We're very lucky for amphibians. It's a simple courtship. I looked at him in silence. Pin kept his eyes on the newt. Would you like to sing? I asked softly. Ming? Me? Ing? Pin took a deep breath. Then he spoke slowly with a slight tremble in his voice. At home, I... Ang often, he looked at me. Now I can't even talk aight. How could I ing? I was baffled for a moment. Then I realized how confused Pin was. Oh, Pin, singing is nothing like talking. You don't have to use your tongue to sing. Pin looked away. Finally, he looked back at me. How? Use your sacks, of course. Pin looked alarmed. I nudged the tip of my face up against the sack in the middle in the side of his head. Those sacks, you see? Your vocal sacks. Pin moved to the edge of the rock and leaned over the side. What are you doing? I'm ooking, said Pin. I'm ooking in watch. In water. I made a small jump and landed beside him. I leaned over to see what he was looking at. Oh, you want to see your reflection in the water. Well, there's one sack, I said, nudging him on his right vocal sack. I leaped across him. And there's the other, I said, nudging him on the other vocal sack. Hmm, said Pin. He sat silent for another minute. Then he said, how? Well, I hesitated. Well, I don't really know. Pin looked at me. I mean, I guess you just sort of have to want to sing. I mean, how could I know? I'm a female, and in my family, only the males are musicians. 
pin stared out across the water. Look, you're a resourceful frog, I said. Experiment. Pin blinked his eyes rapidly. His body trembled. His skin turned a brownish green. Then he looked at me. I have no arm. Any song will do, I said. Just swallow air and start. I mean, when most frogs do it, they swell up their sacks like little balloon bubbles. Pin opened his mouth and snapped it shut. Then he burped. He opened his mouth again and snapped it shut again. He burped again. He was. I was embarrassed for him. Maybe I'll take a swim, I said. I dove into the water and swam a good 12 feet in the opposite direction the bullfrog had gone. Then I let myself hang suspended on the surface of the water, just drifting along. The tip of my mouth and both nostrils and both eyes stuck up out of the water. The rest of me floated below, brushed softly by the water weeds. I felt dreamy as though there was nothing in this pond except me and Pin. Pin, my big, handsome, wonderful frog. I watched him the whole time. He kept doing the oddest things. He stretched his legs out and curled the four fingers on each forefoot and the five toes on each hind foot. He hopped in place. He flipped over and landed on his back, but managed to get upright again in a flash. I could hear his sigh of despair. I drifted closer. All of a sudden, he jumped up and down and flailed his forelegs. He hadn't one of his fits. He hadn't had one of his fits since the very first day I'd met him. But it looked like he was having another at this very moment. Nick, he shouted. Nick, Nick, Nick. Oh, me. What could that poor twisted frog be trying to say? I swam toward him. I was about seven feet away now. Nick, he shouted again. He turned pale and bounced up and down. Nick, Nick, Nick. He looked like he might bounce right off the rock and into the water. And in the crazy state he was in, he just might drown. I swam faster. But suddenly... Pin leaped that huge long distance through the air right toward me. I ducked, and Pin landed with a whoomp, smack dab on a water snake's head right beside me. I swam for my life to the rock and leaped from there to the safety of the bank. I was almost white with fright. Pin landed beside me, bounced a few times, and came to a rest. You're crazy, I said. You went the wrong way. You leaped right at the snake. Yup, said Pin. Snakes are our enemies, Pin. I told you before. Stay away from reptiles. I told you. Water snakes are the most horrible of all the reptiles. Oh, you never listened to me. You're as disobedient as a froglet. Worse, you act like a tadpole. Whatever possessed you to leap at him? You, said Pin. Me, Nake about to eat you. I jump on on Nake. You not eaten. You jumped on the snake to stop him from eating me? Yup. You jumped on the snake to save me? Yup. 
That's the craziest idea I ever heard, I said. Pin blinked. I sat for several minutes thinking this over. You saved me, I said at last. I leaped beside him. You could have gotten eaten. I'm too big, he said. Well, I don't know about that. I thought about the water snake. It was a medium-sized one. Sure, he could have swallowed me whole, and he couldn't have done that to you. I looked at Pin's huge body. Still, he might have taken your leg off. I looked at Pin's legs. They were strong and glorious. He could have eaten you bit by bit. He didn't, said Pin. Well, that's because he was so surprised, I said. No sane frog would jump on a water snake's head. You're just lucky he was stunned. I looked back at the pond and thought some more. You saved me, he said. I said slowly. That is a very crazy thing you did, but somehow it makes me happy. Don't talk, said Pin. He sat very still and his eyes shone like diamonds in the moonlight. His left vocal sack inflated. Rawr! He sang with half a voice. Yes, I whispered. That's it. He strained for a moment. His right vocal sack quivered, but no sound came. I not ing, he said. I can't. Oh, I can't do it. That's okay, I said. Your voice is beautiful with only one vocal sack anyway. Pin took a big breath. Rawr! He sang, his left vocal sack inflating and deflating over and over again. Grok! Grok! Grok!